Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And if you are new here, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. And so in this podcast, we just rotate between five main topics, faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. The goal being that we are working on becoming 1% better every single day in each of those areas. And you guys, before we jump into our topic today, I want to remind you to sign up for the free class I'm teaching this week. It is on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. It is all about money mindset, which we are talking about a lot right now. And I'm going to walk you through three mindset shifts that you can start making right now so you can start winning with money. And if you have been here for a minute, then you know that I absolutely love talking about finances, okay? So make sure that you sign up at simsarrows.com slash entrusted dash webinar. You will also just get a free gift just for signing up, okay? So make sure to just, I don't know, grab your favorite fall drink and join us live. There will be replays um, if you cannot make it live because, you know, mom life. All right. So this week kicks off Faith Week here at Legacy Through Motherhood, and I want to start out by reading you a section of one of my absolute favorite devotions from the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, and then I want to chat about it with you, okay? So here it goes. Many of us suffer from the unbalanced tendency to, quote unquote, be ready only out of season. The season does not refer to time, it refers to us. And there's a verse in 2 Timothy that says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. In other words, we should be ready whether we feel like it or not. If we do only what we feel inclined to do, some of us would never freaking do anything. Okay, he didn't say freaking. (laughs) Some of us would never do anything. All right, stay to the script, Seth. Okay, there are some people who are totally unemployable in the spiritual realm. They are spiritually feeble and weak, and they refuse to do anything unless they are supernaturally inspired. The proof that our relationship is right with God is that we do our best, whether we feel inspired or not. And one of the worst traps a Christian worker can fall into is to become obsessed with his own exceptional moments of inspiration. When the Spirit of God gives you a time of inspiration and insight, you tend to say, well, now that I've experienced this moment, I will always be like this for God. No, you will not. (laughs) And God will make sure of that. Those times are entirely the gift of God. You cannot give them to yourself when you choose. If you say you will only be at your best for God as during those exceptional times, you actually become an intolerable burden on him. You will never do anything unless God keeps you consciously aware of his inspiration to you at all times. If you make a God out of your best moments, you will find that God will fade out of your life never to return until you are obedient in the work he has placed closest to you. And until you have learned not to be obsessed with these exceptional moments he has given you. (laughs) End quote. Okay. So if you don't know, y'all, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which is the achiever. I like to have goals and I like to be chasing them pretty much all of the time. And when I became a stay-at-home mom four years ago, after my third was born, y'all was like smacked in the face with the slowness and the stillness and just the mundane and the days that like felt like Groundhog's Day every single day. It really is quite, you know, the transition (laughs) from working outside of the home to being a stay-at-home mom. And the outside pressures and deadlines kind of disappear when you make that transition alongside the need for, I don't know, like pants and a bra and brushing your hair. And I really just struggled 
with my identity here for the first time. And, you know, it was the first time I really realized a lot of my identity had really been wrapped up in my busyness or just in my productivity or my goal reaching or whatever the heck you want to call it. And so I remember like as I sat on my couch watching my three-year-old and my one-year-old play on the floor and I was nursing my baby, I remember feeling like, man, (laughs) this is kind of like really restricting. And side note, you guys, I am also a very high two on the Enneagram, which is the helper. I love all things mission. Like mission work is my absolute heart, you know, helping and donating and whatever. Like that's my jam. And I show up for it big every single time that I can. And I remember seeing a friend post things on Facebook or something about like serving lunches every single day that summer to families in my community who needed food. And I remember looking at the sign-up form and they pretty much needed someone like every single day. And I wanted to so freaking bad, go do that. Like if there is a need that I know about, I like have this insatiable (laughs) desire to go fill it, which can be unhealthy. Just by the way, that's a whole, that's a whole, uh, whole thing that I've had to learn anyways. But I remember like looking at my babies and thinking there's no way Like, no way I can take an infant, a one-year-old and a two-year-old, to go serve lunch for four hours. So I kind of got frustrated. (laughs) And, you know, like, my mom and I are uh, regional representatives in the U.S. for a nonprofit called Days for Girls, where we make feminine hygiene kits for schoolgirls in Nairobi, Kenya. And my mom actually asked me once, this was, gosh, maybe two years ago, a year ago, If I wanted to go to Africa and pass out the kits we've made and help the Kenyan women kind of start up their own businesses to create their own kits, but we had four little kids, you know, and my heart was like all about going and going to Africa and meeting these women and like helping this just entrepreneurial spirit there in Kenya. And, you know, again, I had four little ones, you know, and our just work schedules with my husband, like I would not be able to swing it, y'all. Africa, that's a decent flight, as y'all know. And, you know, it's not just like you can do it. You can't really even just do a week. Like you really have, it was like I'd be a full 10 days, including travel and all that kind of stuff. So I had to turn it down. And, you know, there's many other times that I had opportunities to step in somewhere big, somewhere that would have made like a really big impact for God. But I had to say no because of the season that I was in with little ones. And I would be lying, you guys, if I said I didn't feel like sometimes that my kids were kind of, I don't know, like holding me back almost from running or even sprinting, which is my personality, when it came to mission work at some points. Like I loved mission work and I loved my kids. And my kids just won, <laughs> obviously, you know, like I didn't fly off to Africa and uh, whatever else. But I remember I was scrolling Facebook one day, probably nursing, when I was particularly frustrated for whatever reason that day that my life just was so much slower. And an article popped up, and this is what it was titled, you guys. When you want to do great things for God, but he keeps on calling you to be a mom. When you want to do great things for God, but he keeps on calling you to be a mom. That article was actually written by Jennifer Ebenhack from a Better Mom blog, and I'll post a link to it in the show notes because it is a great article. But this is the way God speaks sometimes, you know? Like, and this, you guys, this article could have been titled, When You Want to Do Big Things for God, But He Keeps on Calling You to Be a Nanny, or When 
you want to do big things for God, but he keeps on calling you to be an accountant or when you want to do big things for God, but he keeps on calling you to be a receptionist or a server or a host or a teacher or whatever. Like it literally doesn't matter. The point is, is that God is calling us to be aware of how he can use us regardless of how mundane or seemingly uneventful our day-to-day life may seem. And I remember in that moment, I read that title, feeling like I got hit with a ton of bricks. Like here I am so incredibly blessed to be home with my three beautiful freaking babies. And I felt like, I don't know, like I felt like this work wasn't good enough for some reason. Like for some reason, I just felt like changing my 18th diaper for the day or nursing for the 500th time or getting another snack or, you know, kissing a scrape on someone's knee, like just wasn't the big work that God had planned for me and put on my heart. And a couple days later, I actually read this that devotional that I read at the beginning of this episode about being unemployable in the spiritual world or spiritual realm, unless God kept you supernaturally inspired all the freaking time. And I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that person. I mean, of course, I felt this big sense of purpose when I was going on mission trips and on our missions team at church and volunteering at pregnancy shelters and mentoring young girls. Like, that is good and important work. But then the fact that I felt useless when I was just, quote unquote, just being a mom, like I knew, I knew, I know that motherhood is important work, right? I feel like I knew that, but I didn't feel that, if that makes sense. But I learned how to be a missions girl and a mom. And it looked a little different. It looked like packing, you know, 300 sandwiches for workers after a national disaster totaled a city just north of ours. I mean, I loaded up all of my babies. We went shopping at Aldi. I it, We had three carts full. It was ridiculous of food and sandwiches and chips and napkins and, you know, brown paper bags and all kinds of stuff. And then we got home and on my kitchen table, you know, I made a million sandwiches. They threw in a bag of chips and their brownies and silverware and napkins. And, you know, that was doable. I'm, I maybe couldn't the summer before or whatever go and hand out lunches to uh, kids in my local area because of the season that I was in, but I could do this. I could do this. And then it looked like teaching my boys about the girls in Africa that we were making the hygiene kits for, and I had them help pack kits with me, right? Like maybe I didn't get to go to Africa, but I got to teach my boys about this need and about women and about, you know, all these things that we are doing to support them and empower them. It looked like raising money instead of donating time outside of my house. Like, I don't know how many times recently I have been like, hey, I don't have the capacity of time to come down and help you with your nonprofit. I don't have the, I don't have the time, I don't have the capacity to help you physically, but I can help you financially now that we're out of debt. Um, you know, like, what can I do for you in this uh, space right now? This is what I have to give. Some people have time to give and no money. Some people have money and no time. Some people don't have either. Some people have both. And you got to figure out where you're at, and then you just have to lean in where you can. And eventually, you guys, that looked like foster care for us because I realized how much impact I really did have as a mother. And you know what? Maybe I couldn't go and, you know, pass out lunches. Maybe I couldn't go travel across the world to this country. Maybe I couldn't go and do all of these things, but I could bring these babies to us, right? I could change another freaking diaper. (laughs) I could get another graham cracker with some peanut butter on it. I can, you know, give another kid a bath. I can um, read another freaking bedtime story. I can do all of those things. And that is so important, especially y'all when you get into the foster care world, like those little things 
those little things like uh, clean clothes and, you know, a new shirt and a new toy or just a hug or a kind word or a book being read before bed or, you know, whatever, you name it, you really, 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 really realize in the foster care how powerful those moments actually are. And so what I learned was that it was great to go big. It's great to go big and go serve. But what's been even greater in my situation was to serve alongside my children and build a heart of service in my boys. Like I have 25 years, give or take, to have these babies under my direct care. And, you know, I was able to do some big and bold and audacious things before them, and I'll be able to do it after them. But the biggest secret that I I guess I never knew was that I could still do these kinds of things, these impactful things and these important things right alongside of them. Yes, it is slower. Yes, it is not as flashy, but it is good work. Like you guys providing meals each day to fill their little bellies. That's holy work. Changing diapers and wiping faces. That is holy work. Breaking up fights between, you know, your freaking 15 million kids or your two kids or whatever. That is holy work. The laundry that you do to clean, have clean clothes for your family. That is holy work. Your dishes and reading bedtime stories, you guys, that is holy work. All of it. All of it is. Every last crumb that we sweep up, every last, you know, scrape that we kiss, every hot wheel we play with, and every Barbie freaking dream house that we build, it is all holy work. So I just want to remind you that there is beautiful godly work that is hidden in the mundane. It is so easy to miss, you know, if we're too focused on getting back out there. (laughs) And I'm not suggesting we enjoy every moment. I do not enjoy every single moment. I'm not even suggesting we savor every little moment. I'm simply reminding you and myself that the baby on your hip and a toddler gripping your leg, you know, while possibly another kid or two running around the house and all of the daily care that that encompasses, that that is all just as big and bold and beautiful as mission work in Africa. You know, like you don't need to be able to show up or have the capacity for the big, exciting, quote unquote, exciting things to be employable by God. We just have to remember that God just needs our hearts and he puts us in the exact season and location and role that we are in because that's where he needs us. So I encourage you to warm, you know, that coffee back up that is probably, you know, sitting in the microwave like mine are. My my husband literally will find them like two days later. I'm like, oh, that's where that is. But go heat that coffee back up and remind yourself that what you are doing is holy work. Holy work.